flying high with the wings and talking all things lacrosse. You're now listening to the Outside the Box podcast right here on Underground Sports Philadelphia. What's going on, everybody? We are back. It's episode number 73 of the Outside the Box podcast right here on Underground Sports Philadelphia. Kyle Bennett, OTB Herm, live from Underground Studios. Yes, I sound monotone and mute and sad because my team lost in overtime. Yeah, but mine didn't, so I am exquisite and excited and so happy to be here don't just ignore his monotone voice, guys. The Whip Snakes are freaking world champions. We never took a step back. We are just owning the world. The lacrosse community right now is bowing at our feet. The Whip Snakes are champions. I told you from day one. I told you week two. I told you week three. I told you every week of this season. The Whip Snakes were going to win it all. You could have hopped on the train. You had plenty of time, and you just didn't do it. And you know what? Waking up a winner feels so much better than waking up a loser, and I can sure attest for you. Make sure you follow us on Twitter <laughs> at OTB Laxpod at Underground PHI. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Leave those five star ratings and reviews. Put you know just a giant F in your review for me because I'm an a sad F. boy. An F. F's in the chat. Uh, I don't get it. It's Wouldn't like that an, be an L? It's like a hashtag online thing. What? No. Just F's in the chat because it's for fail. No, but you guys didn't fail. That's the thing. It was one hell of a freaking the game. Win. Uh, and then you can follow us on Spotify, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. Let's talk about the fun game first, though. Cause Guys, come on. Kyle, cheer up really quick. We got we got to get this thing rolling. Let's talk about the fun Who, game. Colin, we got a ton of lacrosse to talk about. First of all, before we even get started, I got to thank everyone from Philadelphia who came out to support the league yesterday. Oh, my God. Yesterday's crowd was probably the best we've seen all season Actually, I'm not even probably at 1,010% was the best crowd we have seen all season. For Philadelphia to sell out basically most of the stadium was just absurd to me. People, I mean, it, my parents got there for the second game and were like, where do we even sit? Like, we can't find seats until people started breaking into the section where they weren't supposed to. I mean, do you expect any less from our city? No, I expect absolutely nothing less from Philadelphia. It, you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and say it. PLL Championships 2019 is basically Woodstock 69. <laughs> People just started moving into places where they didn't necessarily need to be, and it became a free game. And maybe it wasn't free necessarily, but they got to sit in the places where they weren't supposed to. So that made it that much more interesting. I mean, you. you got to see a whole... 
I mean, it just looked like a sea of humans walking around the bowl at halftime as like, I guess there must have been some kind of like collective meeting on the one side of the field that said like, oh yeah, okay, on three, we're all going to go rush the other side and try and just bury the people that are holding us back. And next thing you know, there's freaking 300 people, maybe 1,000 people. I don't freaking know. I'm awful at those numbers. Just rushing the other side of the field. So that's why like if you're watching the NBC broadcast, it looked like it kind of emptied a little after the half it did not at all the people were just moving towards the shade and i mean they should have known people would gravitate towards shade people don't like being out in the sun it was hot yesterday it was like 87 degrees i was wearing a flannel shirt of course i understood the heat but i mean the fans yesterday man were ridiculous that was so much fun we had whip snakes chance we had redwoods chance we had it all the fans out in the premiere zone were getting after it they were cheering the rj's vlog looked like it was going to be a ton of fun there were so many kids in it i mean it was really just one hell of a way to wrap up this entire amazing summer of just traveling and getting to meet people and exploring different venues and you know what i wouldn't trade it for the freaking world man our city put on a show uh as did the archers in the the first round draft pick game uh you know, I got to uh, see Scotty Ratliff after the game, and the first thing he told me, you said it, man, coming on the podcast was good luck, and that it was because Archers took down Atlas 25-7, to a brand new league record for most goals in a game by one team. Will <laughs> Manny breaks the single game record for goals and points by a player in a game. Marcus Holman set the record for Archers. Scoring the 21st goal of the game. One of his six goals on the afternoon. Christian Cuccinello had a hat trick. I truly don't know how to talk about this game without just laughing. Adam Gittleman was... Like, sorry, Atlas fans and Atlas players. It, no disrespect to you, but jeez. I mean, the Archers were just buzzing, man. I mean, the boys came out to fucking play, or freaking play, and they just got after it. I mean, there was really nothing that Atlas could have done to stop them. I mean, Archers shot 44.4% on their shots yesterday. <laughs> it's absurd, dude. I mean, this, this stuff that we watched out on the field, and not only... Did they have one hell of a game? Gittleman and Nett and Adams, for most of the day, were playing, like, the best they've played all season long. I mean, there was really, like, every single thing that could have clicked for the Archers yesterday happened to work. And then the Atlas just, they, they were they were on their heels all day, man. I mean, the defense was a little bit slow. The offense was not really clicking. They weren't really making the best passes. They weren't really moving too well. And then it was just, it was a tough day for Jack and Cannon because he was getting left out to dry left and right. And then when they bring Scotty Rogers in, he makes saves left and right, but just not enough to quiet the boys down can here. I because just, Can I toot my own horn here? Toot it. I said Atlas was going to lose because Trevor Baptiste was not there. Bones Kelly won 77.7% of his face-offs after winning 83 last week. Right. And Mr. Fowler comes in when he had to and won 68.7% of his face-offs. Right. Where so, you look at Atlas, three guys took face-offs for them yesterday. Brett Hyken, 23.5%. Kyle Hartzell, 30.7%. And Mr. Richard, 25%. The fact that Hartzell won that money for that much, that many of his faceoffs was, it's kind of absurd to me because he was really just out there plugging bodies. But hey, man, I mean, dude. 25 faceoff wins. Bones Kelly is, he's a man working for a job right here. I mean, he's got, he's, he's, 
you know, right before the trade deadline in most sports, people start to perform a little higher, you know, try and get their name out there. That's basically what Bones Kelly just did because, you know, Archer's now having this first draft pick. They got to go after TD Ireland, who's a, probably the best faceoff guy since Trevor Baptiste coming out of college. Well, I got, and, I got to talk to Chris Bates after the game, and he said something interesting because Chris Bates, Philly guy, coached in Philly right. at Drexel, obviously, and uh, us, Philly guys, so... He took note of that, and uh, this is what Chris Bates had to say about the uh, the old draft pick there. There's a couple blue chip players in the first two couple rounds. I mean, so the cool thing, you're a Philly guy. Three of the guys were Philly guys. Um, I'll take any one of them, frankly. You know, we'll see. I, frankly, I don't care about our pick, but if we get last year's number one pick, and then, you know, but we like our team. We think we're, you know, somebody just said in the huddle, Will Manny said, I can't wait. Yeah, let's start next year now. So it's a group that, that's hungry, that wants to play and win championships. So that's, as a coach, that's all you can ask for. He's leaving the door open for literally everything and for him to acknowledge the three Philly boys that are, you know, blue chip guys. Certainly is uh, very interesting. I mean, Philly's just breeding talent these days, man. I mean, there's so many good programs in the area. We have a lot of great connections with all of those programs and the people who coach them or well, like, basically run them. So, I mean, yeah, they have plenty of options. The Archers, I mean, the Archers can really add just about anybody. I mean, Grant Ament, you could bring him in. T- Tom Schreiber would love to play with that kid, and they would score a ton of goals. That being said, I mean, if Bones Kelly can come out and perform like this on a re- regular, consistent basis next season, then they wouldn't even have to consider drafting TD. I mean, it's really going to be interesting to see the route that they take with it. And hey, I mean, it's also going to be interesting to see what we get with expansion because yesterday we see the Sports Illustrated outlet come out, or Sports Illustrated article. Uh, article come out, not outlet, come out that talks about expansion, that talks about the growth of the league, that talks about the different things like getting more players out to games and trying to work around the travel schedule, which is incredibly difficult because every kid that loves lacrosse is also playing travel across and is usually playing in their own game, respective game while the PLL is going on. So that being said, I mean... The league's going to do a lot of little things, I think, in the future to really enhance the fan experience as well as enhance the league gameplay-wise. Expansion of teams, expansion of rules, expansion of technology. And, you know, that's the stuff you love to see because we are now through an entire season, and as flawless as things seem to go, there was a lot of stuff that needed to be learned behind the scenes, and a lot of notes were taken, and now it's time to bolster this, uh, this league right up because, I mean... I don't want to sound uh, too negative, but I think we put the nail in the coffin of the other league this weekend because if we want to go ahead and compare championships, there's no comparison. We're, we're comparing one million trillion gajillion fruits versus 100,000 fruits, if that makes any sense whatsoever. I, uh, I respect the other league and I respect the players in it, but I do believe that the PLL this week kind of did what they had to do to seal their fate for the future and becoming the predominant outdoor lacrosse league. Yeah, just going through uh, you know the box score goals because to have 25 goals, you got to recognize everybody. Holman with six, Will Manny with seven, Ryan Ambler with one, Cuccinello, like we said, with the hat trick, Joey Sankey gets a goal uh, you know, in his home, his home city, Scott Ratliff, one goal had to happen. Yeah, no, it, was, it was a great goal, too. I mean, bounce shot, you got to love to see it. Danny Ipe, one goal. Dominique Alexander, one goal. Ben McIntosh, one goal. And uh, Mr. Simon on defense, two goals. 
And I thought Adam Gittleman was going to have like two. I thought, you know, Gittleman was the most exciting part of yesterday. You know, the press box usually stays pretty quiet. But the only time we heard a lot of cheers yesterday, other than maybe the end of the Whipsnakes game, was when Adam Gittleman was making some runs down the field. And you know he was thinking about it. I mean, he was down there deacon guys. He was trying. Well, he had I think he had Cade Van Raphorst on him. And at one point, he faked the run back towards the net and then turned back around, got the ball back to, I want to say maybe, it was Paul Rabel. It was Paul Rabel who then took him. And Paul gave Paul was not happy. Paul was not happy. Paul gave him a nice little shove. Uh, I think they were chirping each other there for a minute, which was pretty funny. Although but, I did uh, see them post game, and they were talking. They were, they were laughing, laughing, dude. I mean, it. that's the thing. On the field, sure, you're going to be emotional. Your team's down by fucking thirty goals. It feels like, and you look awful. But after the game, you're all boys. You're all in the same league together. You're all trying to develop the league at the same time. But, I mean, that's what you got to love to see, right? Be, but I think we we should address the fact that Paul Rabel did go a little bit crazy. I mean, threw a rusty gate in someone's face, I think. <laughs> like, you really, as, as, as much as the people want to see a show, I feel like that was a bit aggressive and uncalled for. But, I mean... I would be frustrated too if I was Paul Rabel. I mean, we you, your team loses by a substantial amount of goals, and there's really nothing he could have done about it. I mean, he he tried his best. They it's not like it's not like the Atlas put on the uniform and said, "Let's go out there and lose by what was it, 18, 18 goals today." That, that was in no part ever across their mind. And they got shut out in the fourth quarter. And they get shut out in the fourth quarter. So I mean, it's just it's a frustrating it's a frustrating way to go down, but you know what? At the same time, it's like the Atlas, I mean, they just never really they never were able to make it click completely this entire season and I think that's just kind of the way. The season ended very much as it began. The Archers came out with a really a lot of talent and looked really good in the end of the day. The Atlas struggled like they did week 1 and the Whipsnakes kind of just put the dagger in the Redwoods kind of how they did with Chaos week 1. So I mean, it the full the season came full circle. It was a ton of fun in that regard, but I mean the archers really did a number to the Atlas and their <laughs> their emotions there in the fourth quarter. Atlas only had three guys uh, with multiple points. No guy on Atlas's squad had uh, multiple goals. Yeah. Everyone who scored had one goal. The only multi points were John Crawley with two, Joel Tinney had three assists, and Paul Rabel had one goal, one assist. All I'm saying, Herm, the season is now over. Atlas lost their final game. They didn't make the championship portion of the bracket. We haven't talked about this in a while. Rabel curse is still real. <laughs> the Rabel curse is still kind of real, yeah. I mean, maybe it just takes it into a fuller effect now that the season's over. That being said, I mean, yeah, just come on the show, it Paul. Maybe, over. maybe you will find yourself in the championship game of next season if you come on the podcast. However, I think that we also need to talk about the Gittleman assist from uh, 77 yards out <laughs> uh, to Will Manny. Probably the best assist of the season from a goalie. I mean, it's not every day you see a guy launch it down the field. It, it wasn't like there was no time left on the clock. It, it was a substantial. I think there's three minutes left in the quarter. Gilman clears the ball down to Will Manny. Will Manny comes in. Looks like he's going to pass it. Takes a shot. Freaking no angle. Finishes it. Of course, Will Manny does what Mill Manny does best. And that was just a freaking hoot, dude. Did you get to talk to Will after the game? I did get to talk to Will after the game. And he had some very 
awesome things to say. So uh, this is what Will Manny had to say. The past two weeks, I've just had more fun playing lacrosse, even though we're, we were in the quote-unquote loser's bracket. I just had so much fun. And I, I, I said it last week, I got to carry that over until next year and just be a little more relaxed and, and stop thinking so much. And I'm playing, playing pro lacrosse for seven years now. So I've been around the block. I've been in every sort of game. And it's just great to finish it off this way into the 2020 season. I think for Will to have kind of that, you know, not awakening, but kind of like mental note of like... You know what it is, man? He became vulnerable. And that's what so many mental sports coaches talk about so often, that there's nobody on the field at any point who will ever put more pressure on yourself than yourself. And that is what we see from Will Manny each and every week. You see the man. He is higher than anybody on the face of the earth if they get a win, but he's also going to beat himself up worse than anybody in the world if they get that loss. So for him to kind of have this epiphany almost of realizing that dude this is such a fun game it's a beautiful thing that he gets to come do as a profession each and every week that is something that you actually cherish and he just taught so many young fans through this quote how to play the game enjoy it respect it have a great time but in in in, in the turn have fun with it man because it is such a fun thing to do lacrosse is truly just a beautiful sport and you know what man that's awesome and hats off to will manny though i mean he really has looked very comfortable in the field these last few weeks i mean he's been finishing goals like he's never done before and you love to see it because uh, i actually listened to a great ted talk the other day with the og philly fanatic and um he talks about fun. He always said, just have fun, man. And you know what? That's what these guys got to do, and that's what we got. Another highlight, we got to see Brent Noseworthy in his first uh, game action with Atlas. Scores a goal. Yeah, looked good. I mean, he's going to get ready for the NLL season here. Just got drafted the other night. Pretty big week for Brett. Um, but overall, this game was... A lot of people were bummed, but I thoroughly enjoyed this game. Yeah, I don't think bummed was the right word. I think people just kind of expected a tighter match, and... Uh, I mean, the the goals did get a little boring after a little while. It was almost like, oh, great, we're just. I tweeted out the Simpsons stop. He's already dead. <laughs> gif because I was, it's like. See, I was enjoying it because you know I'm a numbers guy and a stats and right, records oh, yeah. guy, and just seeing Marcus Holman do what he did, score the you know the record breaker for goals in a game by a team, uh, and then Will Bandy just absolutely bawling out like a freaking fiend was sensational. Last little bit on this game. Very, 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 I can't stress enough, cool to see Tom Schreiber there, even though, you know, he didn't have to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and to Jackson see Jackson Place, place surprise yep. his teammates. Uh, Jackson was in a neck brace, but he's doing well. Got to talk to both of those guys. They're doing very well. Should make a full 100% recovery, and uh, you love to see it. That That is what you love to see. And you want to talk about having a freaking advantage in a game. You have a boy who you almost think was going to be paralyzed three weeks ago, show up in your locker room before this game and looking healthy as he could be, that's freaking motivation. You want to get out on the field and you want to play for that guy because, I mean, dude, what what the, the other night in Columbus when we saw him go down and not be able to move his freaking body, that was probably one of the scariest moments of my life. So to see Jackson just out there representing the archers and then just hyping up his boys in the locker room before the game, that is what this sport is based around. That's the camaraderie you love, and, man, that was that was awesome. And uh, Will Manny said even if the game was in California, he would expect both of those guys to be there because that's just who they are. And then uh, shout-out to the most beautiful man on the face of the earth, Callum, Callum Robinson, Robinson being there as well. 
on crutches, rocking the AI jersey with the Crocodile Dundee hat. He is just an absolute specimen, and I love that man. Yeah, fun fact, he was sitting in the crowd about 10 rows in front of my mother in the second game. My mom sends me a picture of him. First, first of all, first trip to a PLL game, so she really doesn't know anybody. She sees Mr. Robinson, sends me a picture of him. She goes, who's this dude in the Iverson jersey? Does he mean something? Is he someone special? I go, mom, oh, special. you ever seen Fabio? <laughs> he's the Australian Fabio. He's the most handsome person you'll ever see in your life. You have the, the Dozakis guy, hashtag not a sponsor, who's the most interesting man in the world. Callum Robinson is the most beautiful man. Yeah, he, he's a he's a freaking rocket. But is, you know is what? Is he single? Could I don't. We, could we see Callum Robinson on The Bachelor? <laughs> I wouldn't want him. Uh, no, we cannot put that man through that garbage. Like it is hashtag hot garbage. But. Oh my god, dude! The fact that we as a society put these people who go on a freaking dating show and literally date thirty people at one time on purpose. We put them on this like pedestal for being vulnerable and special. No, that's horseshit. You want to talk about vulnerability? Put them in a one-on-one blind date and let them open up about their depression issues. That's vulnerability. That's hardcore. <laughs> that's how I feel about <laughs> The Bachelor. Good lord! But uh, that's a that's a bad tangent, dude. I mean, between games though, I mean. It was a cool scene to see everybody on the concourse that we did. I mean, we got to run into some old friends of ours. We got to meet some new friends. We, we got, got to, to hang meet... out in the epic lacrosse suite. We got to hang out with our friend James from, or not our the founder, the founder CEO of Epic Lacrosse. Meet a bunch of other CEOs of lacrosse companies. I like... mean, that was probably one of the coolest experiences of my life. So before we go any further, big shout out to everybody over at epic lacrosse man that was probably the coolest thing we've seen all day i mean they were the nicest most welcoming people in the world hashtag stay tuned yeah no super cool guys and we can't wait to see what there's we can can do with them there's some things in the works just saying that's all i'm saying yeah um but but, um but yeah it was a lot of fun oh great stuff offered us brews you know we were working obviously next time i don't drink kyle doesn't drink but i do so next time you know we'll get some brews with you guys and uh yeah then i got to catch up with my family they really enjoyed the hell out of their first pll weekend dude i mean it was it was one heck of a time yeah uh this next game sucked (laughs) this next game was unreal you know what this this next game really reminded me of i can only imagine design tree my favorite place to go buy t-shirts especially ones that say outside the box podcast on them so if you haven't already make sure that you go find our twitter go to our design tree storefront order yourself an outside the box t-shirt they are so comfy make sure that you use promo code dsgn5 for five dollars off your first order and you know what guys we have a ton of new merch coming out for you i'm gonna give you a little hint it might have to do with bobby J. so i mean just stay tuned but before that, go buy yourself some OC- OTB merch because, you know, you love to wear it. It's super comfy, and we can't wait to see you in it. Send us your pictures when you get it, though. That being said, this game was unreal, guys. I mean, we can talk about the ending all we want, Whip Snakes, Redwoods, whoever, whatever. The freaking game itself. I mean, I think in the third or fourth quarter, Kyle and I actually looked at each other, and we said, we don't care how this finishes this has been one of the greatest lacrosse experiences we've ever been at. I mean, 
back and forth absolute grudge match because i mean it seemed it felt like the whip snakes were going to take it away there for a while i mean we were up by what seven at one point and the redwoods just starting off with that surge perk bomb right before the half which terrified me because that's what they did right in albany when they went on that crazy ass run against the chrome i mean that's that's the type of stuff that they get they get momentum at the half and then the next thing you know the redwoods are just going on a run yeah, I was bombed because, you know, it, it was 1-1. I was like, all right, we got a nice little defensive battle and uh, not what we expected, but I'll take it because it's always fun. You know, I don't think I've heard as many stick slaps as we did yesterday in my entire life. Um, Dude, we, that was, it got chippy. I mean, you know, legally more, got chippy. More bodies on the ground than I've ever seen. I've, I'd ne I don't know who did it still. I have yet to see the footage or whatever, but somebody, when Serge Perk dove into the crease, ripped his helmet off and mm -hmm. threw it like 30 yards away. Yeah, it was pretty scummy. Yeah, it was kind of scummy, but you know what? It was also kind of enjoyable. I mean, it got the fans going. It gets the people going. But, I mean, dude, first quarter ends and we're tied 1-1. Like I was about we it. We looked at each other and just were like, defense, okay. defense on fleek. Is that what the kids say these days? Fleek. Sure. L -L I'm older than you. Okay. So. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but you're more hip than me. Like, age, age between us is like I'm like 47 years old. You're like 21, living it up on the internet. I wish I was 21. But I mean, dude, the first quarter was freaking just defense, defense, defense. I've never we hit uh, each team probably hit like five posts i mean there could have been goals left and right and then we also had the questionable two-point tip in the well, second that was quarter in the second quarter and right. that was, i don't care what it was that was the greatest goal i've ever seen in my right. entire life i mean i don't if it was one or two points i mean it was one point guys i've watched the Brent film adams there you, was a tip you are a sick son of a gun westberg with the tip though man out here looking like see, he should be in the league playing in the chow did you see christian del bianco's tweet yeah that he's been playing too much men's league <laughs> hockey but i mean when you're out in the cottage out there in saskatchewan you you have to play men's league hockey there's no other option um but brent adams you are a sick mofo yeah dude that was sick i mean i want your autograph after that yeah how do i'm you... not even like that but that was that was the gnarliest goal in a lacrosse game i've ever seen and i don't think it'll ever be topped because uh he was beyond midfield and just let it rip like it was mid like early 2000s Beyblade <laughs> and that you man like Beyblade that man scored from beyond midfield like desperation 3 in the NBA like unbelievable and then He's of like course Steph it gets Curry gets ruled a one point goal and i was bummed which it was it was went a back and watched goal. that thing literally hairlined Westberg's uh, head of his stick. Perfect tip. Um, but unreal. And that kind of swung the momentum because it was 5-2 at halftime, and then uh, they go pound for pound in the third quarter, each team with four goals, and then Redwoods, five goals. Joe Walters, I love you to death. That goal was sick as hell with a minute 36 left. And then uh, the proclaimed king of Philadelphia, Matt Rambo. Chef. Ties it up. And we go to overtime because what's a what's a whip snakes game without overtime? No, whip snakes game and just like this season. I mean, when what was it like 
nine out of 13 of the first games of the season Ridiculous. started off with overtimes. I mean, there's no other way to finish this bad boy out. My father actually be- believed that it was rigged. <laughs> Apparently, he was sitting in the seat during the last five minutes of the game just saying, this has to be rigged. This has to be rigged. Rambo, the best player in Philly, scores the tying goal and then gets the MVP and wins it. Ugh, it's got to be rigged. And I'm like, dad, 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 chill out. You're not one of those guys. Now, are you? But um, um, and dude. then we go to overtime, and Matt Rambo scores the game winner, and I was dead inside. I don't think you were dead inside. Come on, man, dude. That game, even if the Whip Snakes had lost that game, I would be so happy to have been able to witness. Like, first of all, you're witnessing history, the first ever championship of the Premier Lacrosse League. That's unreal. And just to have it be such an unreal back and forth battle. I mean, these two teams, they play each other so freaking well. If you're if you're just a fan of lacrosse, that is the stuff that you live for. And I had just so much fun just sitting in the press box, really getting to take it all in, man. The literal game changer in this, though, Whip Snakes did what they had to do. They shut down Jules Henningberg. Yeah, he that'll zeros. do it. I mean, Matt Cavanaugh stepped up, and it was, you know, a credit to Nat St. Laurent for noticing that they were shutting down Jules. So he kind of just ran with a Matt Cavanaugh, Ryder, Garnsey tandem. And that was working. Ryder had a hell of a game. Uh, Westberg had a hell of a game. Matt Cavanaugh was kind of the point guard of this team, mm-hmm. just leading the charge. Um, but then, you know, you look at the midfield for Redwoods, they didn't show up until the second half. And that was kind of, you know, the tale of this game. Chanichuk does what he does, scores a two-pointer. Uh John House has a hat trick out of nowhere. Dude, Housey is was the most underrated player of the day. I mean, the the guy looked unreal. It was a great game for Housey. If it doesn't go to overtime, he's the MVP. He's the MVP. Game. That's that's exactly what we were saying, dude. Uh, I mean, that's insane. Connor Kelly with two points, just you know, under the radar, does what he has to do. Um, I think Connor's going to have a much bigger year, a much larger role on this team next year as the teams start to kind of understand the Whip Snakes offense a little bit more. I think that Connor will be able to thrive the way he did at Maryland and really just be more comfortable in the professional game. I mean, he's still a young kid, so he has a ton of time to grow into the stature in this position that he's in. So, I mean, Connor's going to be so much fun to watch coming down the line here, especially now that he's one of the faces of the New York Riptide. Redwood's defense just looked lost. In the no, first half, dude. In I, the first half, I completely lost. disagree. I totally disagree. I think Matt Landis and Garrett Apple. I mean, both two are like the Matt most. Matt Landis was getting torched by Rambo. He was. He looked slow yesterday. He looked like he had some heavy feet. But let me tell you, that's also partly because Matt Rambo is the best at what he does. I mean, nobody does what he does better than him, and that's the reason he's the MVP of the league and the MVP of the game. I mean, and he does it with a freaking dad bod. And you love to see it. I mean, the videos of him shirtless after the game, I was like, shoot, I could be playing in this freaking league. Um, I got to talk to Coach Tegnita after the game, uh, just get his thoughts and opinions on everything, and this is what he had to say. You know, because and, and, they're, they're just, they've made every day, you know, even the ups and the downs. Somehow they respond, they responded with a minute 10 left in the game, right? We had, I mean, we had nothing going for us at that point, and somehow they found a way, and you know that's that's what championship teams do. I, and we, you know, we we have this team's got resiliency. I mean, it's you know resiliency is how you handle the tough times, and, and they bounce back over and over again. And you know, if we didn't win a championship, it would have been a shame because they. I mean, this is a team. This is a true team that deserves to win a championship. Yeah, this team. You know, they 
they started the season in overtime. They ended in overtime. Um, you know, on the positives for Redwoods, Greg won fifty six and a half percent of his faceoffs. Uh, you know, he beat Nardella all day long for the most part, especially in that second half. That's what kind of changed things for uh, for Redwoods. Was Greg was just beating Nardella at the faceoff, and uh, that's what changed things. But you know, it's a bummer because I got to you know see Ryder and Jules and Nat after the game, and um, you know they were bummed, and you could see it in their faces. And Jules kind of was the only guy that stood out there for the entire uh, you know trophy presentation. He just took it all in because Jules started the season with Whip Snakes, and you could kind of just see you know the the look of like just what could I have done more to make sure this team came out on top well now we can't overlook the one thing that could have completely changed this game the one goal that was taken back from the redwoods that was a goal Mm -hmm. i'm I'm not gonna lie the redwoods in my mind had one extra goal on the whip snakes at the end of this game i thought it was a goal i still think it's a goal and that is something that i can admit (laughs) i mean i think westberg doesn't i think it's a a stick out I think that it's a missed call on the refs. I also think that that's an important topic because, you know what, I don't think that we're going to see these refs in the league for too much longer. I think that we're going to see a lot of transition in who's officiating these games next summer because I, the, the biggest complaint I heard around the board from all the coaches, all the players, was the way that many of these games were officiated. And you know what? It's sad because you know that it's the best lacrosse in the world. You want the best officiating crew. But these are the guys who signed the contract. They had to be out there week in and week out. And let's hope, just, let's just hope we can do a little bit better next summer and get the guys that we want out there, eh? Yeah. So uh, this is it. Season that, one season, of the PLL is season over. Season is over, man. I was in my feels last night. I can't tell a lie. I, w- I really took a minute there on the drive home from Philly just to reflect on this entire thing, this this whole league that just kind of came together out of nowhere, to be honest with you. We all just embraced it, took it for what it was. We, we almost drank the Kool-Aid. We did, and I'm glad we did. I think that without this league i would not be anywhere near as developed as i am as a media member as a content creator as a human being after this summer i mean i've got to go to so many amazing places i can't i will never forget the experience i had in albany i mean quite literally the greatest fan base i've ever seen in my life across any sport I'll never forget my time in Denver. I mean, that was going to Red Rocks Amphitheater and getting to just see everybody out there. I mean, just, it was an amazing, 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 I can't explain. I mean, I'm going to probably put out a tweet at some point in the next couple of days. At least shoot people who I appreciate a lot, DMs. I'm not really too public with my thankful, not apologies, but who I thank. I just don't, I like to keep that behind closed doors. But if I met you this summer and I was able to affect your life in any way, shape, or form, I, it's that is all I could ever do. Kind of like Scotty Ratliff. Oh, here you guys are getting a little bit of Eagles coverage here. But uh, <laughs> Blake Scotty said on the podcast, 
if he can just affect one person, he knows that he's able to change the world just that much more. And that's how I kind of feel doing this each and every week. So thank you to everybody who's been listening to the PLL stuff all season, but it's time to transition in the NLL. We have a huge season coming up here. And um, the PLL really did a lot for us this summer, really helped us bolster our podcast, the way that we want to put content out. With that, we also, we're moving to one episode a week. I mean, it's the off season, but with that, we'll always be having interviews for you guys. I'm <laughs> um, always going to be sneezing. Um, but no, we'll have constant content out for you, but one episode a week from here on out. So you guys are going to want to stay tuned. We have so much coming on. Make sure that you follow Outside the Box on Twitter at OTBLaxPod. Follow myself at OTBHerm. Follow Kyle at KBizzle. 3311 3 KBIZZL311 311 and follow Alex McIntyre because her photos are baller and we're just going to keep it going here through the NLL season. But the end of this episode did just get a little sentimental on you guys. We appreciate everything and anything that you guys do for us. Everyone who retweets the show, who shares it with their friends, who subscribes to us on the various podcast locations. We appreciate all of that so much. But uh it's it's been a it's been an absolute pleasure this summer covering the Premier Lacrosse League and I can't wait to do it again next year. So with that, um, yeah, I mean, shout out to everybody that jumped on board with us for PLL coverage because you know who are we to warrant that we're brand new um, and we we gained a a nice strong fan base throughout this summer. Um, you know you know who you are. We interact with you on Twitter and um, you know the the constant just retweets tweets at us you know questions mailbag stuff podcast reviews um you know merch sales it went a long way you know we we developed a shirt for a player this season we have something kind of hopefully in the works with that too um you know just the constant uh support on this show has blown me away um and for you guys to support us traveling across the country all summer long you know we wouldn't have been able to do it without the people that listen because you drive the content and uh you know it's going to be a lot of fun as we transition back to nll stuff um but the pll really did numbers for us this year and you know that's what motivates us is we want to know what people want to listen to and uh seeing you guys be as receptive as you were to this show during the pll season was freaking awesome so thank you to everybody that ever clicked on a show because it means the world to us um but we will be back next week to put a, a bow on this season and uh it's gonna be a lot of fun so stay yeah, so tuned thank you this is just the beginning guys i mean i can get a little sentimental now because it was it was a big summer for me and it was amazing it was my last summer of college so it was really cool just to experience that but i mean this is just the beginning guys outside the box is going to be your brand for so many years to come and you're going to be coming to us for everything so just hang tight follow us on it's twitter big. and instagram at otb Laxpod, at underground phi um Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, leave those five-star ratings and reviews, and you can follow us on Spotify, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts, and uh, we will be back next week. So until then, this has been episode 73 of the Outside the Box podcast right here in Underground Sports Philadelphia. Congrats to the Whip Snakes, and uh, we will catch you guys later. Peace. Let's go, Whips!